Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app slash breadbox. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us, or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language, and so glorify God. Let's begin. My guest today is Rose Asada, who is a wife, mother of five, and the owner and operator of Relics by Rose. Welcome, Rose. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks so much for having me. Well, sure. I'm so glad you're here to hang out with me. Yeah. So you have a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. Far and away, the best prize that life has to offer is the chance to work hard at work worth doing. Right. Can you tell us a little about where that um, where that quote came into your life? Um, I think that I've just, uh, in the past couple of years, been aware of the quote, um, but it really spoke to me when I did hear it because I was raised in a family that, you know, really valued hard work and still does, and I uh, I've always known that work is something that you should do to glorify God and also, you know, make the most of your time, uh, do what you can to help others, um, do what you can to enrich your life. And when I heard the quote, I was just like, yeah, that's right. Um, it, it Work is a gift. Um, and the, when you work at something that you enjoy and is that you see the fruits of, so it's work worth doing, then that, that really is a gift from God, and he wants us to glorify him with our work, no matter really what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, so you're saying your, your family kind of taught that to you, and is that something I imagine that you're trying to instill in your children too? Right, yes, I try my best. Um, it's uh, harder to do than it was to watch being done as a kid, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I try and um, you know, really teach my kids that they shouldn't waste any time and, you know, but work can be played too. Like work right. is working on your Legos and work yeah. is playing outside with your little brother. Those are things that are worth doing. And even though it's fun, it can still be 
work because that's the work of a child, you know. So um, we try and encourage those kinds of things, the creative work, the, um, you know, things that a child should be doing as far as and calling that their work more. Right. Um, but also, of course, they have chores and homework and, um, you know, reading that they have to do and instruments, stuff like that. So right. I, I like try and find a balance there of what is appropriate. Yeah, I think sometimes maybe as kids, we, we look at adult, we look at adults and think like, oh, they're doing all the work and like, they're not, they want to do it, you know, or, or, or they don't mind doing it as much. Like, you know, my kids will complain, I don't want to do that. I don't want to whatever set the table or whatever you're asking me to do. Mm-hmm. And so, maybe I shouldn't do this. But sometimes I'm like, I don't want to either, you know, right. <laughs> join the club friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. There's going to be work that you don't want to do, but you have to do it anyway. Um, and then there's going to, and that, and then there's going to be the work that's rewarding. And sometimes one has to come before the other, you know, you need to clear the table before we can eat and just stuff that you have to do and things that you want to do. Both of those can be called work. Um, and you, um, you know, you need to do both. So, right. And in the spiritual life too, I mean, sometimes there are times when we want to pray, we have a great desire to pray. And sometimes maybe it does feel a little bit more like a chore. Like I, I know I should probably finish this rosary right now, but I'm really tired. Or I want to read this book that's about a saint, but there's also something on TV I kind of want to watch and choosing those things. I think this puts a good perspective on why we choose the thing that isn't going to give us immediate gratification. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to teach that to kids and, you know, relearn it as an adult every day that, you know, I have to do this, but I'm going to be happy I did this later. Don't really feel like doing it now, but it'll reward me later. And, um, and the time that you spend in prayer and the time you spend reading, God's going to reward that too. He's a generous giver. Of course, he can't be outdone in generosity. So whatever time you give him, he's going to give back to you, you know, tenfold. So. Absolutely. And how have you found the work in your life that you would call work worth doing? Um, yeah, I guess I think that I've learned that as an adult, that work kind of changes. Um, as uh, When I was younger, I went to school for a special education teacher. So that was the work I felt called to at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, when I got married and had children, I was called to something different. And then a couple of years into having my kids, I um, felt the urge to start this uh, jewelry business, um, Relics by Rose. And, you know, all of that combined, every all the work that I've done in my life kind of combined, like it leads up to the next phase of whatever God is calling you to do. I, um, and you can see where, oh, that experience helps me to learn to do this, or I never would be able to do this if I hadn't done that. Um, and just learning to balance your time and um, priorities and things like that. Um, you know, it all, uh, you know, comes together sort of each day. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that perspective. I think I'm finding that more and more looking back and being able to see the way, like in a novel, right? When you can, at the end of the novel, you can go back and sometimes fit the pieces together that you couldn't see, you know, the author kind of laid in there, but, but God is the author of our lives. He lays things in there too, that you didn't think. And, you know, the opportunities that you thought, were lost were really something that were leading to something even better. Right. Yeah. Especially with motherhood and stuff, you know, there was that movement of, um, you know, my dreams don't end when you become a mother, they just kind of change and get bigger. So there's so many things I do now that I never would have thought I'd be doing. I never thought I would be a business owner. i never really considered myself even that creative. Um, or, you know, I was always kind of a big reader and writer, but not really into 
art at all. And so I just kind of surprised myself at what um, you're capable of if you give God the the reins and, you know, let him show you where he wants you to go and just kind of be trusting in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we sometimes even pigeonhole ourselves and think like this is the thing I'm good at and those are the things I'm not good at. Or even even in a more positive tone, this is what I'm called to and I'm not called to that. But that calling does change over time. And with different people and circumstances enter our lives. If we just think that this is this is who I am and this is adulting and that's it, period, then we close ourselves off sometimes from other things that could be really encouraging to us and also really beneficial to other people. Right. Yeah. Like, I think we kind of forget that we there may be ways that God is still calling us to serve, even if it's not what, you know, like like you were saying, like you went to school to be a special ed teacher and. I'm sure a lot of the, some of those skills are still working into what you're doing now, the, the management and things like that. But right. the little things we learn along the way can lead us in a really different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of the episodes that I have um, posted recently have been recorded before the whole coronavirus thing started. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one we're recording right bef- right uh, the week before it's being published. So um Work is looking different for a lot of us right now. And whether it's the the environment we're doing it in or the actual work we're doing, um, maybe having kids at home that weren't home before or trying to manage um, work that used to happen in a different place than it's happening now or looking for work. Is there any way that you're feeling kind of that this experience is changing your view on work or or maybe the way that you do view work as being something that's worthwhile and valuable? Like, is that helping you work through this time in any way? I would say that I'm more grateful than ever for the work that I have. Um, I'm grateful that I, it's hard to have the kids at home, but I'm also grateful that I have people at home. I know people are lonely and maybe, um, you know, a single person would be in their house and really not seeing anyone all day long so my house is noisy and chaotic but at the same time I'm glad that I have people I'm glad that um, my husband has a job still you know I know a lot of people don't and so I'm grateful for that even though maybe a month ago we would have complained oh why do you work so many hours or and I'm grateful that I have this jewelry business because it's my little escape a lot of days when the homeschool is done and when the kids have had lunch and you kind of get a break and I have an hour to myself, I can come to my office slash bedroom and work on things <laughs> and, um, you know, or do the computer work or just have this other like network of people with, um, if even if it's social media that I can connect with um, through the internet that I wouldn't have had. So I'm glad that I have things to do at home um, and that other people, you know, are really struggling with how to fill their time when they're not working and um so you know i'm glad so it's yeah it kind of has um i can see where god rewards you again for working hard at something and you know there's the good things and bad things about it and you know you can look for the look for the good things right but it kind of stretches other parts of who you are i think sometimes people ask me you know with kids too how are you writing or how do you do all these things and i i've realized that like I'm a better mom and for the most part, there are times when I think <laughs> too much and I'm not a better mom or a better right. person. Um, but when that balance is right, then it's like the other side of you. Um, mm. 
and not something that you necessarily like put away because you became a mom, but but something that that encourages you and and makes you feel like more who you're created to be. And I think our kids see that too. I don't know, like, do your kids make jewelry and stuff too? Like, do they want to kind of do what mom's doing and see what she's up to? They do. Yeah. Um, it's good and bad. Uh, more good. Um, <laughs> you have my, I only have one girl out of the than I do. What's that? You have pointier tools in your workshop than I do. I just have a computer that I'm like, hey guys, back off. Yeah. They, um, my daughter likes to help me do things you know obviously they can't really do like high quality things but I have like little cards that my six-year-old likes to stamp I give him a penny for each one and that he thinks it's great um and uh you know they take it to the dollar store or something so they do like to help um and they're yeah they're interested my oldest son 12 who's 12 you think he wouldn't be that interested but he is starting to get into more of like uh graphics and computers and uh, he does a lot of like stop motion animation and stuff so he sees me working on making some kind of graphic and he's like oh that's cool how did you do that so he's just kind of looking over my shoulder and he doesn't want to act like he's interested in jewelry but um <laughs> but he is interested in oh how did you do that again you know so um he's he, they're all absorbing little things that you don't even realize they're absorbing and I think it's a good example to them to show that you um, can be creative and do something on the side without having it interfere completely in your life. And just always learning something new, like being a lifelong learner is a big thing that, that right. I was talking about when I was a teacher, um, being a lifelong learner. And I think that that's important. Um, yeah. And something can interest you and it can be your job or your career or it could be a hobby or it could be a side job or there's so many different ways that we can embrace the things that we're interested in. Um, yeah, and the communities that we find because of them, I think, are so important, especially as moms, especially when our kids are really little. Mm -hmm. It can be right. hard to kind of find your tribe, especially like when I, when I had my first kiddo, we lived in New York City and I didn't really know a lot of people and the people I did know we're mostly working full time and there weren't like, you know, a lot of people who I could hang out with during the day, but right. little by little, as I, as I met more people through writing and editing and things like that, like you, I think the word now is your tribe, right? But you find yeah. those people who, who speak to something in you that like, maybe your kids are starting to get to know and maybe your husband understands to a certain degree, but it's not the same. And I think those things are so important for us to keep being whole and rounded and like really the people God wants us to be like he doesn't want us to be one-dimensional one-sided right and not just I don't at all mean to say that if you don't work or something like that you're a one-sided parent I don't mean that because I think that everyone has something they're interested in and maybe it manifests as a business and maybe it doesn't but when mm -hmm. we embrace those things it just like benefits our whole community right sometimes we don't think about how far those things extend around us mm -hmm. yeah definitely all right, Rose, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I really enjoyed chatting with you today. Thanks for having me. This was great. Listeners, as always, to suggest a quote or a guest, follow the show on Instagram, quote me underscore podcast, or contact me at my website, lindsayschlegel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you. Teachings for an Unbelievable World is a newly discovered work written by St. John Paul II, then Archbishop Karl Watia of Krakow, in the years just after Vatican II. This is the first English language publication of this important work. 
in this hardcover book that Scott Hahn calls one of the greatest hidden treasures unearthed in our time. Thirteen brief homilies provide compelling teaching for Catholics in today's post-Christian world and give fresh insights into JP2's pontificate. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code JP2Teachings, that's J-P-I-I-Teachings, to get 20% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www dot grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia experience coffee like never before